I'm what some people would call a solitary creature. More often than not, I actually enjoy it. It's a good opportunity to be with my thoughts and ponder things. In high school, this manifested itself as walking around my neighborhood for maybe two laps. Never more than that, though, being in Vegas where the heat was merciless. I usually had earphones in because it gave me a chance to fantasize the day away and steer clear of the obligations I had in my life, like making sure I did well enough on my tests and grades that I can get into a good college. But it taught me to appreciate time to myself, and devoting a chunk of my day to recharging when it wasn't sleep became a super crucial routine to making sure I didn't go insane. Kinda wish I kept it up more as I became an adult. Borealis Entertainment presents Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home A podcast and a memoir by M.K. Lott Chapter 25 The Randonaut Trip If you've never experienced getting laid off, the initial reaction is usually the toughest one. And if you're like me, initially you just want to escape everything for a while. My escape led me back to my family in Vegas, where I didn't have to worry about what was going to happen or if I had enough in the fridge to eat. I don't want to say relapse, but I reverted to some cinematic comfort food, with films like Into the Wild and, of course, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I got the usual wanderlust that I tend to get with major events, and I kept brewing this idea that going on a journey would be the best thing for me. Something that would make me feel like life was exciting again. And either the last morning or the morning prior, I don't remember exactly, I watched my stepdad jump into his truck, led by an app on his phone. The app was Randonautica, a journey-taking GPS app that was motivated by quantum physics and manifestation. It really peaked in the early 2020s when social distancing was at its highest, and the idea was you think about something or an intention about what you want your journey to be like, or what to find on your journey, and then you hit the button that says generate a point, and the app will give you a place based on a science known as quantum entropy, which that was a first one for me, which is the idea of channeling a random point or coordinate amidst pure chaotic probability based off of your own vibrational intention. If you're not familiar with quantum physics, that sounds like witchcraft, but there's there was a, a theory there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I subscribed to quantum physics and this was kind of a stretch for me, but I was willing to give it a try. And it had a couple of successful YouTubers and influencers advertising it, but it didn't really go any further than that, and I think there were a few reasons for this, namely three. One, when the social distancing mandates started lifting, so did everyone's interest in the app. Two, there may not have been a big enough audience for this that would be proactive with spreading the word, or organically marketing it. And three, this is probably the biggest one, people would use it in a way that would interpret it as a gimmick or something of a digital Ouija board, so it kind of got a bad rap. Most, if not all of the YouTube videos you'll find on this are people trying to find dead bodies and ghosts, which not to say that the app is a conjuring tool, but I almost feel like in these cases, you get what you're looking for. 
if you're wanting to find something that would feel suspicious or dangerous, your mind's going to prioritize that and interpret everything to fit that narrative, no matter what that may be. So being aware of this new app, I was going to set up some very, very specific rules, starting with, namely, go where it's safe. If I didn't feel like I was going to wind up somewhere safe, there was no way in hell I was going to let quantum entropy guide me and protect me. Additionally, I was going to peruse on a Sunday. Typically, most of Utah is observing the Sabbath, Mormon or not, which meant I was least likely to have any kind of obligation to be anywhere. Not that I had anywhere to be anyway. And I did some fair prep beforehand. I tried to do as much research as I could before the actual trip, like reading through the manual. Yes, there's a manual. Shut up. I, I bought it. Which they also recommend, don't go where it's not safe. And I used the journal pages in the back to make sure that if I was going to do this, I was going to do this right. The creators of Randonautica always encourage that you have an intention beforehand to make sure that your trip is somewhat coordinated, which I guess would help avoid some bad situations. For me, I was looking forward to pursuing opportunities. Maybe not just an opportunity, but rather a change in luck with where I was in my life. So, I parked at my favorite spot in town, pulled up the app, built up the intention of opportunity internally, and hit generate a point. In a few seconds, I had my spot, which was definitely going to be an hour's walk, two tops. And this was in the middle of the heat wave that Ogden got, so I was definitely not going to be the happiest camper. I also made it a priority to keep my earphones out and just stay as present as I could. That was always the game plan, always making sure that I was as observant as I could be. But even without God or the universe or whoever dropping down an opportunity in the middle of my path, it helped to get myself in the right mindset. I was essentially training my mind to just make sure that it was more aware of opportunities or, to put it another way, reprogram my reticular activating system to identify specific things as opportunistic that otherwise wouldn't be. So, I started out a corner right by a genealogy center and the Ogden Temple. Right off the bat, it already started to work just fine. I figured, well, if I didn't go in with the mindset that I already had, I wouldn't have considered the possibility of even working at a genealogy center. It was a volunteer job, no money in sight, but at least I looked at it with new eyes and added it to my jobs to apply list. Not to mention at this point, I've had such an eclectic collection of jobs. Working for free, helping families find their ancestors would be just one more to the resume. And probably one of the more mild ones to the resume. But I continued my journey, looking to see what else was out there. And I made it back to the temple, listening and watching a crow caw viciously at me. Then it flew off and I lost it in the sun before I figured out where I was going. I took a look at my GPS in the app and suddenly realized that I wound up taking a wrong turn somewhere, so I followed the proper path back to where I was supposed to be. 
and it led me to the corner where the genealogy center was on the other side of the street. And as I turned the corner, I looked up to see that that same crow was eyeing me with a tilted, curious head. I knew it was the same one because I started to realize that the crow never stopped cawing until I was back in the right spot. By that logic, I hadn't heard from another crow for the rest of the journey. Randonautica showed me a side of Ogden that I rarely saw, whether that was because of the job routes I originally had or because I just frankly didn't have any interest in going there. Not to mention, the concept of opportunity took on many forms. Along passing the river on Washington Boulevard, I would watch two people in their natural habitats almost believing that I wasn't there at all. One parked his bike along the concrete divider and set up his spot as a fisherman. I don't think we have catfish in this part of Utah, but I would imagine the fish from that river would be just as filthy. And on the other, I would assume to be homeless, was walking barefoot with mangy hair and a full garbage bag slouched over her shoulder like a bindle. I walked by and couldn't help but wonder what opportunity she was looking for if she was at all. The observation occurred only a few moments before I trekked on and walked by a pair of gentlemen chatting in close proximity to each other, looking at me suspiciously. I could easily assume it was a drug deal, but seeing that the offer was currently $1.64, it must have been really shitty drugs. Not that I would know, from personal experience. After the deal went nowhere because I was there, I found a spot of Ogden that, like Historic 25th, which I had become extremely accustomed to, had an independent company inhabiting what felt like every inch. And I would say a hefty 80% were hiring. And I started rambling on internally about all the places I could potentially work at. There was a burger joint, a motel, a mortuary, a store just for beekeepers, a tattoo shop, and those were just the memorable ones. But a new question started to brew. Now that I'm made aware of new opportunities, what opportunities do I want to take? Because while I do unfortunately find some truth in beggars can't be choosers, I found that taking job opportunities with that mindset led me to shitty, if not dangerous circumstances. And my mindset now gravitated from that to once bitten, twice shy. Now that I was made aware of opportunities that were out there, was this something that I was actually intrigued enough to see myself doing? Would I actually want to work in a mortuary? Or a burger joint where the windows were barred up with plywood and tape? Or a motel where the pool water was greener than the grass? Probably not. But I had to remind myself that that wasn't what the journey was about. The journey was discovering opportunities because my bitterness and disappointment closed off the potential that was out there. I could say that's the power of quantum entropy and calls to adventure like Randonautica, but I would push the hypnotherapy agenda to say that that's the power of the right mindset. For example, now that I think about it, turning down an opportunity isn't necessarily a bad thing. If you are willing to recognize it as an opportunity. Otherwise, 
if you feel like you have to take it, that's not really opportunistic, is it? And I could have taken that journey without the mindset, gone the same places, but had it be pointless. I could say that Krell was annoying, or genealogy wasn't my thing because it didn't pay, or these are all stupid to try considering because I wouldn't want to be associated with spots like that, or I would immediately beg for a job because I had nothing else. But by bringing myself out of my own shell to explore what was actually out there, it made me realize that there are actually more possibilities than I let myself see. It's just a matter of seeing them. And the journey took me to the front of a middle school where, because of the summer, it was completely barren. With the exception of two filmmakers who were capitalizing on the emptiness to film a skateboarding video. As I was walking back to my car, I wound up on Historic 25th to see that same homeless lady with the bindle bag sorting through the trash and organizing the chairs outside of an ice cream store. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home. I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you, and if you'd like help changing your mindset, feel free to use the link in the show notes below to schedule an appointment with me, and I'd love to help in any way I can. Thank you as always, and until next time, here's to finding your way. Thank you.